This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. If you're like me, you spend lots of time pouring over maps, looking at weather data, all in an effort to help predict when and where my best times to hunt will be. It'd be nice if there was a reliable source with all this information in one place. Enter the Spartan Forge app. Unlike some other predictive apps on the market, Spartan Forge was created from military combat intelligence experience tailored for hunters and stands at the nexus of machine learning and white-tailed deer hunting. No more man-made algorithms. This is a predictive model based on real GPS collared deer data, historical and predictive weather, and the next level of mapping imagery, all at my fingertips. I've been using the iOS app this season, and it has replaced all my other mapping tools. Visit SpartanForge.ai and sign up today, or head to your iOS or Android app store. Use the promo code TRUTH to save some money and download it today. Mobile hunters, if you're interested in upping your mobile game, then head to tetherednation.com and check out their saddle gear. There are a few things you can actually buy that will help you become a better deer hunter or give you the freedom to hunt any tree or any situation. This is the reason why I started saddle hunting in the first place and why I use Tethered's gear. I can honestly say that Tethered's saddle gear has changed how I hunt for the better. Big tree, little tree, from the ground, it doesn't matter. I'm untethered by my gear to hunt the best setup for the situation, instead of hunting for a tree that my gear can use. My current core setup consists of the Phantom Saddle, Tethered One Sticks, and the Predator Platform, along with an assortment of their accessories. So if you want to up your mobile game, head over to tetherednation.com. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Spartan Forge. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 316. Today I'm joined by my buddy Curtis Zobel from Behind the Bow to talk killing mature whitetails and shifting your mindset. So stay tuned. All right, all right, 
what is up everyone happy wednesday to you hope you're doing well hope you are feeling fine and uh merry christmas a few days um a few days delayed hopefully everyone had a good a good christmas got to spend some time with some family for us in pa here uh the late season has come back in so uh plans to get back out and try to fill a buck tag here at the uh late part of the season got two weeks statewide roughly um to get to the north piece and it's not looking good up there just based on some of the weather conditions and the, the act actually not so much the weather conditions, but more so the road conditions. Um, a lot of them don't get serviced. And once you get a little bit of snow and a little bit of freezing weather, they, all the access roads, you know, dirt roads, if you will, um, they become almost snowmobile only <laughs> kind of accessible and become a sheet of ice. I have my buddy that lives up in that general area. He did a check for me the other day just to kind of see what the roads looked like. And it's, uh, it's not looking good, so my plans might have been uh, might have been squashed. So we'll kind of we'll pivot and make some uh, make some new plans for some areas I can get into. But uh, gonna keep this up front short today. Um, before before we kind of talk about this up the upcoming episode, already wished you a merry Christmas, and hope everyone out there has a safe and happy um, New Year. Some libations if you're if you're taking uh, if if you are partaking of um, the festivities, just make sure you're. You're safe. Get yourself a DD and uh, just be, uh, be 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 careful out there. Uh, with that, I have a cool shirt for you guys today. We're just gonna kind of cut to the chase and jump right to it. Uh, I have my good buddy Curtis Zabel on. So Curtis, he, he hadn't been on in, in years. I forget how long it's been. It's it uh, probably four-ish year, maybe even five years uh, since I've had him on. But Curtis is one of the guys that runs. You know, he kind of started, um, and then he and his buddy kind of took. Uh, have been kind of pushing forward with the with the behind the bow stuff, and they do a great job of filming hunts. It's the cinematography is good, like it's shot well. The story's good. The actually like the video component of is component of it is good. Um, and so I hate to say that it's self filmed, but I mean it by and large is self filmed. They will at times, you know, he and his buddy may take turns kind of filming for each other, but Curtis does do a lot of self filming and the cinematography doesn't, um, doesn't suffer from that. He does a really good job uh, with that. And he also does a great job of, of telling the story. And, and recently kind of, you know, I guess between the time that I last had Curtis on and, and this time he's gone through a ton of kind of, uh, changes from, you know, leaving his day to day job to, you know, going into business for himself and he's making another kind of large pivot, you know, and what I love about him is he bets on himself, um, you know, and, and I think one of the things I most appreciate about him is just his, um, his candidness, you know, it's like, you know, when he talks about, you know, making moves or, or making changes, you know, he identifies, you know, um, in real terms, you know, things that he can do better and things like that, or things where maybe he has failed in the past or whatever. And he, and he kind of recognizes those reconciles them and kind of, and then, and then attacks those. A lot of times I think people want to kid themselves and not stare their shortcomings in, in the face. Um, which in a lot of cases will keep you from, uh, achieving the things you want to achieve. But Curtis is one of those rare people where, uh, he will stare those kind of shortcomings or, or setbacks or whatever, right in the face, identify what it was. And if he has a, you know, if he's at fault or whatever, you know, he identifies what it is he can do better. Um, and so we talk a little bit, you know, of course we're talking Kilometer Whitetails cause he had that he had uh, put out two films recently. You should check both of those out on the behind the bow, uh, YouTube channel. Um, and he just had a grinder of a season. So this would have been last, last season. He's had a great season thus far, um, this year as well. And he's got one that he's kind of chasing that we've, uh, that we talked about just, um, uh, just a little bit. 
But, you know, he's making some moves and, and he went through this process called 75 hard. People out there probably have heard of it or maybe even have, have done it. And it was kind of an eye opening experience for him. And so we talk a little bit about mindset, you know, and, and all these things kind of play into chasing mature white tails or doing anything that's hard, uh, doing anything that's going to take effort and sacrifice. Um, you have to be willing to kind of stare, stare the man in the mirror and, uh, and, and, and be honest with yourself. And we, so we talk a little bit about that and how that, some of that has changed his perspective. So overall killer conversation with Curtis. I love having him on. I love talking to him. Um, and I hope you guys dig the episode as much as I did, uh, making it. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's show. And as always, thank you all for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the truth from the stand deer hunting podcast. And today, man, it's been way too long since I've had this guy on. Uh, I follow him like a peeping Tom on social media and on YouTube, <laughs> but my good, I got my buddy on Mr. Curtis from behind the bow. What's going on, brother? I'm Campbell. What's up, buddy? Hanging in there, man. You know, doing, doing the do, you know, licking my wounds from the, from the regular archery season and, uh, staring sternly at, uh, at late season in the, uh, in the cold weather to try to fill my tag. That's what I'm up to. How about you, man? Uh, pretty much the same thing. I ended up shooting one mid-October here in Iowa, and me and Skyler bounced around in Minnesota. He ended up shooting one in Minnesota, and um, I'm pretty much, I've been hunting a deer in Minnesota, a couple of them actually, but one in particular. So I'm kind of after that one right now in Minnesota. Nice. So yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of the late season stuff myself here. Yeah. What's your plan for late season? I mean, how much snow do you have on the ground in that area right now? We actually just got like six to eight, eight inches of snow the other day. Oh, did you like, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like a plan goes, like this buck that I'm after now, I call him the Mongo buck. He's, I don't, he's not like super huge, probably. I don't know, it's probably like a 140-inch eight-pointer, but he's just, like, kind of gnarly-looking, real thick mass on him. Mm-hmm. And he's got some pretty long G2s, probably, like, 10, 12-inch G2s. And I don't know, I've just, like, become obsessed with him, like, right away earlier on in the season. And then I hunted him for, you know, opener of Minnesota up until Iowa opened. Mm-hmm. And I hunted iowa up until i shot mine which i think was like the 14th or 15th i believe mm-hmm. it was that pretty good cold front there in that time frame and then then i bounced back into minnesota and hunted that a little bit of wisconsin and then now i'm back into minnesota um but as far as like a pattern goes like my my plan for hunting late season in minnesota is tough because it's like all the gun seasons that go on i don't yeah. know if you know but like they have like an early T zone hunt. I'm like down in a CWD area. So okay. there's an early T zone hunt, like like October twentieth or something. And then they have gun season starts like the first weekend in November and it and it like goes for like two weeks. There's like a, a week in between those two gun seasons, wow. which are shotgun. And then then muzzle order starts. And then muzzleloader ended just yesterday. Um, and then next weekend, this weekend coming up, is another CWD hunt. So it, you're pretty much shot up until, like, the last week. Wow. You know, but, but I mean, I've been, I've been, I went out 
during the gun season and I just did some scouting and stuff and to see where pressure was because I'm all I'm new to the area mm-hmm. and I I ended up finding some bigger tracks along this uh, all they cut all of the crops but there's some standing beans still left on the public which is pretty sweet so yeah and it's like on the back side it's kind of hard to see so i'm just i've cut some big tracks and he's he's kind of hanging out by this little five acre private acre chunk hmm. and i'm kind of just bouncing around that area and hopefully i can't get a crack of him i saw him twice already just nice haven't got what uh so you have proof of life that he's made it through the gun seasons and stuff he's still around oh yeah dude. yeah Freaking, i was out i was out the other day after him and he's i'm i'm usually i'm mainly tar- i know he likes this one point this one main point that juts out to the north and it's, it always seems like i saw him early season in, with southeast winds i saw him twice with southerly winds once i jumped well i jumped a buck that i thought was long story right but then um i saw him hunting with southeast winds so I was just like, well, I know that he uses this area with southeast winds, so I'm just going to give it a few goes here and try to see if I can't lay eyes on him. And, and he's, like, real close to the parking lot. Like, hmm. I'm, I'm sitting literally, like, 200 yards away from the parking lot. <laughs> and, and it sounds just stupid. Like, it's, I'm telling you, man. Like, you're sitting there, and you're like, what? I'm like, do I park here? I don't right. know if I could come in from the bottom. Like I've been trying all different access points. Like even like right away early season, I was just like, I don't know where I should be parking because there's so much stuff where he these ducks could be betting that they could see so much. It's just is it a lot of it is just like open CRP, like little cedars and stuff. And so um I ended up I saw him. I, I thought he was going to be coming through that draw, but he actually, I've been learning and he crosses this draw and then walks the, the leeward side of this point all the way back. And I don't know his exact point betting spot, mm-hmm. but I know like he beds over there with a Southeast wind. And I saw him cut across 50 yards away from my freaking truck. <laughs> and literally I'm, I'm staying there on the ground. There's no trees to sit in and I'm wearing my orange. It's like, 10 degrees out, southeast winds, and he comes cutting across right by the parking lot. I'm filming him. I'm like, oh, there's my truck in the background. Like, this is sweet. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? And I'm just like, I don't, I, I was going to try to go cut him off because I figured he was going to be walking to the north and he was quite a ways south of me yet. And I was going to cut him off. And I was like, well, it's like dead calm. I'm filming myself on this tripod and, there's like frost like on the lens. I'm just like, <laughs> ah, this isn't gonna work out the way right. I want. The GoPro was dying because it was like his battery stuck in this. And I was like, I guess I'll just sit here and hopefully try to catch up with him. Right. And then I had a couple hunts after that. Um, I haven't laid eyes on him since like a week now, I believe it is. Mm. And I'm I'm actually in Wisconsin right now working. I'll be back there and hopefully hunt tomorrow or Wednesday morning. So. nice man that how do you uh how do you manage filming from the ground dude because like i mean 
I don't do the level of filming that you do. I'll take a camera with me. I always tell people this. It's like I always start off at the beginning of the year with like the best intentions where I'm like, I'm going to take my camera every hunt this year. And then by like hunt three, I'm like, F this thing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not taking it anymore. This thing sucks. I'm tired of carrying it around. You know what I mean? And uh, and it's nothing. It's not like a big production, man. It's literally just like a Sony AX53, like 4K handycam. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. a GoPro and like a like a lone wolf custom gear pocket arm. Like that's it. You know what I mean? It's nothing. It's not like a big production, but you know, cause I end up in a lot of ground setups too, you know, and I'm always like, mm-hmm. and those are the actual hunts where I'm like, man, I would actually film this if there was a tree close enough for me to put like a camera arm on or something like that. Cause then it's like, I'm not worried about getting up into the tree and setting it up, up, you know, in the tree. It's just, it's just a little simpler, but how are you? Cause I've tried that Turkey hunt and taking like a, uh, like a tripod and stuff like that. And it was just like a disaster. So I've just stopped filming whenever I hunt on the ground. Cause I'm like, it just, I can't, I just screw it all up. So how do you manage all that going on while you're on the ground? I mean, dude, I don't blame you. I, it's sucks. I don't, <laughs> I mean, I hate, I, <laughs> I don't like filming. I don't like hunting off the ground period. Right. Just because I, most of the spots that I'm hunting, I can't see much. Right. So it's like, especially off the ground, it's like, this is sweet. Like I might be able to hear them coming if it's calm out, but yeah. I mean, most for the most part, I don't really like hunting off the ground. But this this particular area, there's really not a whole lot of good options. So it's like, yes, I'm stuck sitting here. But um, I I guess I don't I don't film and hunt like self film my ground hunts. That I mean, like mm. I don't because I don't ground hunt that much, but when I do, I just, I just have a simple tripod set up. And then, I mean, it's, I mean, it's clumsy because you have to stick the three legs out and that's, you know, that's not, takes up a lot of room and stuff, but I'm mainly pretty much, I'm setting my camera up I'm I'm, I'm camouflaging it up, you know, putting branches all over the tripod and stuff. So it's not sticking out like a sore thumb and I'm putting it in one spot and I'm leaving it there. And, and I just had, duct tape a gopro on my limp my my bow limb and i'll do some interviews like on my phone or my gopro and that's just as good as it's gonna get because i'm not when it comes to self-filming off the ground like i'm not pumped about it to begin with and i'm just mm-hmm. like this yeah. is the way it's gonna be dude <laughs> right right no I, I get it man it's like whatever just whatever's gonna get the job done at, at that point without the extra extra hassle sure. It's right. uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's like, I, I used to hate hunting from the ground and hunting Kansas has, has changed my tune. It's actually, it, it has become one of my favorite ways to hunt. Um, and, and, and it partially is just from being out there because the experience is just so different because everything's wide open. Like I agree with you here in PA areas that I'll hunt off the ground. It's like, it drives me a little bit crazy because I can see like five feet in front of me. You know, and I'm like, like this is awesome. You know, it's like, it's like not even yeah. any, there's not even anything to look at. You know, <laughs> it's just like yeah. you, you got to get real zen and then just enjoy the solitude. You know, at that yeah. point to uh to enjoy it. What's uh so this deer that you're after in Minnesota, man? Are you uh is he? You know, I mean, are, is there? You said there's beans nearby. Are you playing that you know late season food pattern, or is there a different plan for him? Well. I'm I'm hoping that so there's the hard part about where I'm hunting right now in Minnesota is like even early even early season worse now they got a lot of the cover off mm-hmm. they got 
took down a lot of the crops. Most of the oaks are dried up. But, I mean, dude, early season, it is extremely difficult to, like, figure out, like, what direction. If you, if you find their exact bed, mm-hmm. like, what direction are they going to go from that bed? Because literally 360, is around, 360 degrees around them is food. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know, they, he could he'd be hitting that oak tree. He'd be hitting that oak tree. He could be going down to that bean field. He'd be going up to that bean field. He'd be going over to the corn over there. Like, it's literally a 360-degree circle of food, and it makes it real tough to, like, for me anyway, to, like, find a good pattern to where you can kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, later on in the year now, I mean, they cut most of the crops. Most of the, you know, acorns are gone. and they just, all there is is that standing bean field in the back, and I don't think a lot of people know about it, to be honest, because you have to, like, walk back there to see it. Like, you can't just see it from the road or anything, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I've been kind of just, like, laying low, hunting just right next to this little farm, right next to the parking lot, because I know he uses that area, but I'm I'm starting to kind of work my way back towards to where he's bet where I think he's betting. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to, like, I know I saw, so I don't want to like completely ruin it by going back there and messing right. up because I don't you have know he's exact. Th- right, you know he's there, and yep. and so there's no point in rushing it because at this point in the season he's probably going to be pretty consistent overall. That's I mean that's what I'm thinking, but it dude, I'm telling you, it just blows my mind. I don't know if you've ever had experience stuff like this, but I have never in my life experienced what I did this year as far as like. A big mature buck, like just living amongst the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like usually, you'll it, it's it's usually once people are in there, it's done. Like you, you yeah. won't see them again. But this thing is just like living there. Like mm-hmm. he's li- I don't know how he's not dead. I went in there scouting. I was gonna hunt. Like I think it was the opening Sunday of gun season in Minnesota. And just to just to scope out the pressure and see what it's like and experience it. And I walked I came from a whole different parking lot and climbed up this this uh hilltop, crossed this giant field, and there was freaking people everywhere, dude. And there was a dude sitting like perfect, like he he didn't have the best wind, I don't think, but like he was in a premium spot to see that buck, you know, if he had a rifle and I'm like Right. I just it just blows my mind because the thing is four or five years old and it's like, how in the hell is this thing yeah. alive? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, there, I can't say that I've seen one live among the pressure like that. There's one that I can think of, but this is a new area for me. It's a North piece. It's just big woods, you know, tens of thousands of, of acres. And there's one particular deer that, you know, I, that made it from last year to this year. I had him on camera both years and he's a, he's a hammer off to text you a video of him. And it's the one I want to hunt this, that I'm going to hunt this late season. I got to go up and check the cameras, make sure he's still alive and stuff like that. But so long as like, I get at least proof of life, like I, I'm going to make a play and see if I can't figure him out. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. But what I started, like, I think what I started learning a little bit is like, we don't get him traveling like all over the place even during rut like he's got like a little area but i haven't figured out where his little 
like hidey hole is that like that he'll be super present in daylight. Get him yep. in daylight during the fall or early, you know, late summer. Get him, you know, a little bit in daylight during the fall in this one area. And another area during those two same time frames, he's way visible during the day and then even into the fall and then even into to rut. And then there's another area that's across this valley and it's not very far away as the crow flies. You know what I mean? That he's that this old logging road that he's using that I'll get him in daylight over there as, as, as well. And this whole area gets hunted like pretty hard and there's drive mm-hmm. done. There's a lot of bear hunting that's done in here and stuff like that. And I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, dude, I don't know how in last year I assumed he was four and a half. Like you'll see when I send you a picture, he's got like a paunch belly. He's like just a big old mountain buck. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so this year he has to be five and a half. And I'm like, I don't know how he's lived that long in this area with the amount of pressure that comes in during gun season. But there he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he dude. just makes it. He just, and I think what it is, I think some of these, you know, deer, I've talked to, uh, and fault about this a little bit and talk to a couple other guys about this, but it's like these deers, they get older. It's like, I feel like the reason one, if they can get to like four and a half or five, like they, they have a good chance to make it because they just don't move that far. I feel like even during, but, even but, during but, rut, like they just, I feel like even during rut, like those big mature deer just don't, they just don't get up and move a lot because like they've played the game long enough where it's like, look, I ain't, I ain't got to move. I'm going to actually, and I watched this happen this year. I had a buck bedded downwind of a scrape I was hunting. He was the most mature deer locally to me. He was probably four and a half years old. And he bedded 40 yards downwind of the scrape. And I watched him bedded for two hours and never got a shot at him for, at 40 yards. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I mean? That's like, going to drive a guy dots there. Oh, dude, I wanted to throw my bow. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, and he, and he stood up and stared right in my direction. I was like, he's going to come hit this scrape. I'm going to kill him. You know? And he just sat, he just stood there for a little bit when he stood up and, and just walked North and walked away. And that was it. But the reason was, was like, he wasn't chasing. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't seeking. He was literally just bedded downwind of that scrape and was going to lay there and see if anything hit it. That was it. Crazy, man. I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I have noticed the same thing. Like, this buck is literally, like, I have hunted so many freaking days for this thing. But I've been bouncing around because I can't, I can't locate him with any other wind but south wind. Hmm. And, and I've been all over the place. The chunk is big enough to where, like, I should be able to, you know. And I've even tried, like, some weirder spots, like, off of where I saw him with, like west northwest winds and i'm just like man, i just i can't locate him it's just only with the southerly winds and it's only in this very vicinity right next to the parking lot and the only thing i can think of is it's just like a little five acre chunk that i don't think anyone hunts right and i think he's probably in there somewhere you mm-hmm. know and but that's not where he's betting because maybe during the gun season but right. a lot of the times when I'm seeing him, he's coming from or going to that point, which is all public. So right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, man. They're wiry, dude. You know, it's they they'll just live right underneath your nose and you and, and you not even know it. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah. And there's and there's lots of like real nasty draws in this spot too. And I was I was scouting early season and I actually ended up kicking up a buck. I mean, this goes to show you though too. I ended up kicking up a buck. I don't know. It was like, or 
you know, mid September sometime mm -hmm. after one of my bow hunts in the morning. I'm like, I just got to figure out more stuff. So I got down, I was walking around, just, you know, scouting around and stuff. And I was like up right next to the bean field, private edge. And there's this like little, this little hole in the ground. And I went down there and I found a bed and I'm like, oh, it smells like a buck in here even. And all of a sudden I hear it get up and this thing didn't, this thing got up and ran and it was literally five yards away from me. It was just sitting in this little hole, like nasty thorns and vines. I couldn't even see him mm -hmm. when he got up. And then I jumped up to the top and I saw him, his little, little two-year-old running away. But I was like, that just goes to show you. It's like, these things literally could probably dig a hole and not move whatever you wouldn't even get them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, they'll just lay there and they're just as content to let you walk by, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially if they have a hole like that, that they're just like super confident in, you know, that, yeah. and especially if they have escape routes, you know, right. Then, yeah. you know, but man, so I wanted to ask you, man, it, cause it's been a while since, since you've been on, since, since we've had a chance to talk, it's actually been, been a few years, which is crazy, but you, uh, you ventured, I'm always excited when people do this and, uh, when they venture off on their own. So you, you left what you were doing for you, for your day job, which is always kind of, I'm sure a little bit scary and nerve wracking and ventured off into business for yourself. So how, uh, how's that been working out for you? You digging it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I am. I mean, it's definitely in my opinion, better than like a nine to five job, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's definitely not easy either when you don't know exactly when, where your next paycheck's coming <laughs> from and stuff like that too, you know? So, right. I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, I guess, like just a little backstory, I was a machinist. Well, I was a machinist for like eight years. I went to the, I did the school, like tech school, like part-time, full-time machinist. And I don't know, I was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate doing that it was just it was kind of like i never was like the college kid mm -hmm. i'm not going to go like a four-year college or anything like it i'm going to be honest when i was younger all i did was like drink and do stupid stuff you know when i was like <laughs> 18 into like 24 just right completely you know just teenage kid and i mean i didn't really even have goals for myself when i was 18 like right a lot of these younger kids that i see talk about stuff i'm like man that that kid's got a good head on his shoulders because when i was that oh, age, i was an idiot was like, yeah yeah like i was just completely out of the loop as far as you know that type of stuff i just was just like oh, where are we partying this week <laughs> right. Shit, you know? <laughs> right and well so i mean i kind of just got out of high school and just there's some dudes girl or my my girlfriend's dad's uncle or something's like hey you want to be a machinist <laughs> drinking in a garage you know i was like yeah sure whatever right. sounds know? like a good plan right <laughs> it's like i don't have anything else going so um and it's a good skill pretty, regardless yeah yeah i mean so i mean that's kind of the road i took just uh by just some dude asking me if i wanted to do it and i was like i guess might as much as as well so then I went to school for that, learned a lot about that type of stuff. And I'm glad I did that and stuff, but I've always filmed things. I've always, I've always filmed my hunts about like, since I was like little, like, you know, I don't know when I started filming like my actual hunts, probably like 
15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. But um, like we, I even like, like I used to skateboard all the time. I used to like film all that. Yeah. It was just when I was really little, we would have these like big giant cameras with like the fade switches and stuff. And yeah. like, and we just, we just messed around. Like I, I've, I guess the video stuff has always been a big part of my life, even not hunting related. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then I, I always film my bow hunting and I don't know. I've probably told the story a couple of times. I don't know who, but I mean, um, there was a girl that wanted me to film her wedding and I was like, no, I'm not going to film a wedding because she saw <laughs> some of the behind the bow stuff. And then she offered to pay some money and I was like, oh shit, I guess I'll film it, you know? Right. Right. And ended up filming it and actually didn't I kind of enjoyed it. And then, so we ended up film, I ended up filming a couple more weddings solo, but then Skyler was just getting out of the Marine Corps, my buddy Skyler that yep. I do behind the bow with. And I, I was like, Hey dude, or I don't even know if it was him or me, but we we're like, maybe we should just film a bunch of weddings and make a bunch of money doing that. Right. And so I, we did like eight weddings, which it definitely wasn't like the most fun in the world. Like after a couple of them, you're like, all right, I don't know if I want to film weddings, right. you know, right. <laughs> but I mean, but you learn, you learn a lot. And, um, that kind of evolved into some more real estate type work and mm-hmm. then like different, different businesses and stuff, videos for different businesses and like corporate type stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, man, I, I could probably end up, you know, quitting my machine job and just film stuff. So, um, me and Skylar ended up doing that together. Um, I ended up quitting my job. We lived in an apartment together, like $500 a month apartment, you know, and pretty much as cheap as we could go. And we tried, we made it work. And, um, and then he eventually, we we actually got into a pretty big argument and that's a whole big deal. But then I ended up taking that business and he ended up going and doing something else. And now he owns a floor coating company mm. and I'm doing the video stuff. Um, but I'm actually, I'm actually trying to transition right now from like filming other things to, like going full-time bow hunting hmm. that, that's my plan anyways okay nice that's awesome man that's uh, behind the book. yeah I, i've always wished i had b- better camera skills because i watch like your videos or just you know buddies of mine who do a good job filming and i'm always like man that looks awesome i'd love to do that and that's why every year i end up carrying a camera with me because i'm like this is the year i'm gonna like <laughs> get better at this and then i you know and then i and then i don't but uh Man, that's cool, dude. Uh, how's a uh, like? I, I guess like, are you gonna just kind of all is the is the bow hunting stuff just gonna basically be all the just self filmed hunt type stuff, or are you going to maybe film other people like to kind of offset, or how do you what are you thinking for that? No, um, it's it's so I've I've like I mean I haven't really as far as like behind the bow goes. So there's been there was pretty good stretch from like it i don't know i mean me and skylar stopped talking to each other we got in a fight or whatever and then like i just kind of stopped putting out behind the bowl content 
And we, I mean, I kind of just, I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, do I want to? Because, like, growing up, like, that's always like, ow, born for a living. You know, that'd be awesome. Right. But, like, it's always just like a dream. Never was, like, a reality in my mind. But then. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Behind the bowl, when we started putting out videos and stuff, I always thought to myself, I'm like, dude, if I put my 100% into this stuff, I know I could do this full time. Like, right. there's not a doubt in my mind I could do it. But now the, the problem was, that for me was like, do I want, to? like, right. it was a huge thing on like, do I want to bow hunt for a living? Sounds good, but it's like a slippery slope. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I know exactly and, where you're going, man. Cause I had the same thing with music. You know, it's like I did, the, you know, that was always one to one to do when I was, you know, ever since I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do was play guitar in a rock band and tour, have a record deal. That was it. You yeah. know, yeah. and I was able to do that. And and it became a job and after, but so long it, it made me miserable, you know? And so I think if you approach it the right way, you could kind of have your cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. you have to go into it with eyes wide open and recognize like the different aspects of it, which, you know, oh, in, in my, in my situation, I was young when I was doing it. Cause it was, you know, I was between the ages of like 18 and 28, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you know, and you've have more life experience to where it's like, you can, you can walk into it knowing full well what you're kind of walking into. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and I, I hear you there. And like, it took me, it literally took like, I, everyone's up my ass all the time. Get the behind the bull videos out. We haven't seen anything from you guys in two years. And all stuff. <laughs> the whole reason for why you don't see anything is because I'm sit, literally sitting here thinking in my, I'm blocking myself from doing this because mm -hmm. it's, it's all in my own brain. I'm like, Yep. Do I want to continue doing this stuff? And, you know, and there's all sorts of different things going through my mind. Like, I don't even want to get into all of it, but like, it's just yeah. the amount of thought I put into like, should I keep doing this? Is mm -hmm. just everyday thought, like yeah. for two years straight. And it's just like, finally, honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I was doing really good with my video business in Appleton, Wisconsin. I mean, made was making way more money than I've ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I worked all the time, but I, right. I mean, I had, I, you know, I could do whatever I wanted to do as far as financial goes. And I was just sitting in this little apartment kind of just thinking, I'm like, what do I, what am I going to do? And that, that moving to Iowa thing was always in the back of my mind. I was mm -hmm. like, do I, do I make the, do I pull the trigger and do it? Cause if I move to Iowa, I'm going to do this behind the bow stuff. And I just thought to myself, you know, we went bow hunted there in 2020. And it was like, after that, dude, I was just like, so I love this dude. I, I, yeah. and I was like, you know what? You're never going to be like, no matter what you do with, for a career, you're always, there's always going to be days where you're not it's not going to be 
you know, I'm, you're not going to like it and that's not going to go as planned. But I mean, even if you have those days bow hunting, you know, or in, you know, obviously I'm not going to be bow hunting the the entire year, which also makes it hard. Right. You don't have the contents, but, but I mean, that's, that was like a big thought process was like what you said, you starts turning into a job and then you you just lose like interest in actual bow hunting. That's the only thing that I love, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, the point you made about, you know, we'll, we'll find any reason of our own to get in our own way. You know, like we're, we're real good at that as humans, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll, sure. we'll create reasons why we can't do something or why we shouldn't do something or whatever. And I, you know, and I think in, you know, I think the thing that, that sometimes people miss is that anyone who's ever done anything has sat at that same kind of precipice of like fear of, you know, of failure and, you know, trying to talk themselves out of things and stuff like that. But the difference between those who did and those who didn't is that those who did eventually just said, you know what, I'm doing it anyway. And that's it. That's all it took was just that. Now it takes a lot more to be successful, right? Like, you know, people who, you know, take that leap and are, you know, and, and are successful. There's a lot of grind that happens and stuff like that, you know, and that's, you know, um, kind of, you know, to be expected, but anyone can start and try, you know what I mean? Like there's, For sure. you know, anyone's capable of doing it. So that's interesting, man. I didn't know that that was the reason why you were, why you moved to Iowa. Cause I knew you had moved to Iowa and this is how long that we, you know, it's been since we've talked. Cause I saw when you moved, I was like, part of me was like, damn man, envious. I've always wanted to move to Iowa. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I wonder what he's up to, you know? Cause I was like, I was like, you know, yeah. you know, when someone moved, you know, cause look, I love Iowa in, you know, um, you know, but there's a handful of reasons why you move to Iowa. If you're a bow hunter, you're likely moving there because you bow hunt, you know, because the population centers are kind of in very specific areas. You know, if you're moving there for like a job or whatever, yep. you know what I mean? And, yep. and so when you moved, I was kind of like, huh, I was like, I wonder if he's moving because he's, 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 uh, he's got some things moving and shaking. And so now I think I got, I got the answer. It sounds like you're moving and shaking. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. I mean, nice. there's a, there's a, you know, some of the YouTube comments that I read, you know, I kind of, it doesn't really piss me off at all because I get it. But like, as far as like people saying stuff like, um, oh, you know, and I, and I'd probably be thinking the same thing, I guess a few years ago or maybe a little longer ago, but like, how did you, you know, the last video I did, well, the last video we just put out, it was a, I mean, I was in Iowa for 27 days straight, mm-hmm. you know? And people are like, how the hell are you doing that shit? Like, you know, I mean, you can't take off that long for work and stuff, but no one sees what you have to do to get Dude, to that that's point. that's just it, man. It's not, it's, like... it's, not, it's not like I'm, like, sitting here on a trust fund. Yeah. I'm literally, okay, I own my own video business. I hired, I trained someone, hired someone for a month to do my work that I had to pay them for. So I could go to Iowa and hunt, you know what I mean? So yep. it's like, there's a lot of work that goes in before all that. that like, it's kind of like the Cameron Haynes thing, the must be nice type of shit. Right. But I mean, I'm not that level. I'm just saying, just like, there's a lot of stuff you don't see. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. My answer to the things whenever, if anyone ever says it must be nice is like, yeah, it is. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Twenty-seven days, baby. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, you don't need to see all the work that I put into it. it doesn't matter because it's never gonna, it's never gonna satisfy you because you have already decided in your mind that I've, I've attained this through other by some means that aren't true, you know, and and that's just the thing. It's like you know whether it's travel hunting or whatever, you know, I've always kind of been of the mind. It's like if there's something that you want bad enough, like you can figure out a way to make it happen. Because like my next trip, to, so. This was my plan. So I, I built a little travel trailer. I don't know if you knew that, which I wanted to ask you about yours. But a couple during the pandemic, you know, I had free time because I was working from home and stuff. So I was home a lot more often. So I built this tra- travel trailer. It's solar powered, propane heat, you know, a whole nine, right? It's super small. It's only like a, it's only like a, a six by 10 that's mainly used for me to be able to go stealth camp because I want to be able to like pick up and drop like wherever, you know, and not have to worry okay, about having yeah. a campsite or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason I built that was because I was like, I want to do longer term hunting trips. I was like, I don't want to just go for two weeks or a week or whatever. You know, I was like, I want to be able to go and say, if I want to stay longer, I can. And so I outfitted it with like a, a cell extender and I can work, I can use a hotspot and I can actually work from it. Cause I work remote. My company's in Toronto. I work fully remote out of my home office. So my office is just anywhere. I have an internet connection and a laptop. That's so freaking sweet. And and so I've done, I did that in advance because I was like, I'm seeing where things are heading. I'm working remote. Chances are, if I can help it, I'll never take another job that I have to be in the office for any significant amount of time ever again. Yeah. And, and with that, that means I can go hunt and it doesn't mean I, I can take off a bunch of work necessarily. But the thing is, so this is my plan. You know, I did this a little bit whenever I went to Kansas this year. So because it's a long drive. I left on Tuesday because I, I wanted to hunt like a full week and then I had to get, and then I had to get back. Cause it was, you know, the week before Thanksgiving, I think. And, uh, so on the way out, like I basically left on Tuesday and I would drive as long as I could until I got tired. Then I would sleep in the, you know, at a rest stop in the trailer. And then I would get up in the morning and I would sign into work and I'd work from it. And then I'd get up after work. I would drive some more that night. And then that way I didn't have to spend any of my vacation time actually driving. I spent mm-hmm. all my vacation time actually hunting. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? And so that was purposeful, but my, the next time I draw Iowa, the reason that I mentioned this is because, you know, if I, I might put in this year, you know, we'll see, I, I have a chance to draw this year, but I'll probably try to go back to Kansas again and, and come to Iowa the year after. But the next trip to Iowa is going to be, I'm going to come out the beginning of October and come home either when I kill or by Thanksgiving. And I'm just basically going to live and work like a re- like a resident, like for two Dude, months, you know, that's I mean? how you. For sure, man. That's definitely how you got to do it. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. And I'll just, and I'll hunt, you know, mornings, evenings, weekends, and then I'll take days off around weather patterns, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And use my vacation that way. Now I'll end up taking two weeks of time off during the, but it'll be over the course of two months. That way, when I'm looking at the weather and I'm like, man, I got four days of a cold front coming. I'm taking this four days off. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now, to be honest, like, I'm, I do all, most of my editing from home, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and I come back to Wisconsin. I have some work that I have some contracts and stuff. So I come back here once a month and I'll do some work, film it all. And then I'll go back to Iowa and I'll edit all the stuff, but on mm-hmm. my own time, pretty much. I mean, there is some deadlines for some stuff, sure. but on my own time, pretty much. And then, you know nice cold fronts coming through. Yeah. Let's, let's I'm be hunting these three days for sure. You know? Yeah. I, I just, I just jam on my work. If I have to get, if I know something's coming, I'm like, man, there's cold front coming. I just, 
I work extra the days prior to that, get my stuff done, and then I'm out. You know, that's kind of, right you know, you just build the life that you want as much as you possibly yeah. can. You know, it's like, uh, I don't live in Iowa currently, but I can, when I get that tag, I can make it like I almost do. You know what I mean? For sure. Like that's, no, for sure. That's kind of what, I mean, that's what my mindset was in 2020. I'm like, how can I be there for the entire season pretty much? Yeah. And that's what I came up with. So that's what I did. And it yeah. worked out. I mean, I didn't have a girlfriend at the end of it and I didn't, I mean, I didn't have very much money, but it worked out. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay, man. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, uh, risk it for the biscuit. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's, that's the deal. But speaking of mindset, man, like I, I know you did the 75 hard thing, dude. And that's, that's bananas. Like I like hard stuff. I've looked at that before and I've been like, Ooh, I, I don't know, man. I was like, <laughs> so what was that experience like, dude? It looked, it seemed like, uh, it was something you really kind of enjoyed and, and, and was, and was good for you just in general. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, like I've always, I've always like really struggled with consistency mm-hmm. with a lot of things. Just, you know, I could, I could go to the gym for a week and then I would you know, slack maybe a couple of days here and there, but it wasn't like 75 days in a row, especially mm-hmm. with the eating, you know what I mean? So yeah. I have a giant problem with just eating a shit ton of food all the time and it doesn't matter what it is. And so I was like, I really wanted, I really wanted to just, you know, um, I was getting a, a baby blue healer in July and it was in May and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the 75 hard. And by the time I get my puppy, I'll be like mentally strong to prepare myself for whatever this little monster has in store for me. <laughs> and I mean, not just that, but there was, you know, I just wanted to be better in life pretty much, you yeah. know? So, um, but that was one of the things, one of the reasons. And so I started it in May and it's, I don't know if anyone doesn't know, um, they could, they could, I, I, I don't know if they listen to the you know Relay app podcast with Andy Purcell or not, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's got podcasts on how it all works and stuff. I'm not really going to go into all that. I think it's, what is it, like um, 75, it's 75 days straight, uh, read 10 pages, um, eat, a, eat a diet, whatever, you just pick your diet, but you have to stick with it. It could be like a paleo diet or it could be a, Carnivore diet, diet or whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever diet you pick, you just have to stick with it. Like, and no cheat meals, no candy bars, no, you know, no, whatever you pick, you just have to stick with it. Um, two workouts a day. One has to be outdoors and one indoors for 45 minutes each. Um, drink a gallon of water and take a progress pick. Um, I think, I, I think that's all of them, mm. but, um, it's, it doesn't sound that hard. like my, like when I first like heard about it, I'm like, well, that's not that difficult. Right. But like for 75 days, like after you do it for like three days, you're like, holy shit, I got a long way. 72 to go. more days of this. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I ended up doing, um, I, I just moved to Iowa then. I moved in January. And so I would run my outdoor workouts was running. So I would run pretty much, it would either run or ruck depending. 
probably really mess myself running up running. I would rock just like a slow rock, but it would be uphill. There's lots of hills where I'm at. Right. Um, and it was, it would, it would be a rock or a five plus mile run. And then indoor workout was just going to the gym for me, just whatever didn't hurt on my body. That's what I was trying. That's right. Pretty much. I don't really have like this workout programs that I follow like 15 of these or whatever. Like it's just, I, you know, I'm, my shoulders, are, my back's feeling good. That's what I'm going to do. And, um, as far as a diet goes, I did, which was freaking awesome, dude. I don't, is I did this, um, animal based diet, which is pretty much all meat. Um, like, so what I ate was pretty much all beef. I went to this farm locally and got all grass fed, grass finished beef. I ate some of my venison as well. And then uh, they also have raw milk there. So I got raw milk and butter and fruit and nothing else. So that's all I ate for 75 days. I would eat two pounds of meat um, per day, usually two packs of hamburgers. Mm -hmm. So there's like six hamburgers, you know, it's not that much. Um, Or steak or something. And then um, a shitload of fruit. And then... uh, honey and maple syrup too but Mm -hmm. um so i did all that and like dude i was i was so mentally like just like as far as mentally strong goes like just to give you an example like when you're at the end of it it's just it was just crazy to me like i was not i was like running like there i think fourth of july i ran like 15 miles the most i've ever ran in my life like i do i'm not a runner yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just like, it was like constantly up in your game. Like, I'm just like five miles, do that shit. I'm going to go for 10. You know what I mean? So then you go to 10 and then you're eventually, I'm like up to 15. I'm like, shit, dude, should I do a marathon my last day just for the hell of it? Right. And you know, I'm just like, not like sign up for one, but run, you know, just go run, just go run one. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I don't know, man. It was, it was really it's really freaking sweet. It's and a, it's interesting whenever you, when you kind of, or not you specifically, but when a person like commits themselves to, to something and then they start to see the progress, how like there's this thing in your mind that's flips from this sucks. I don't want to do it to, I wonder what I'm capable of, you know, because it, it starts to show you like, like it, it starts to, rev, you know, reveal to you how much of your potential you're not using. And then it, there's like, I don't know if like there's this primal thing that happens where it's like, where you're like, I'm not, I'm not the best version of me, you know? For sure. And, yeah. and, and you kind of disappoint yourself where you're like, God, man, was that, was this all I was putting out? You know what I mean? Like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I, hundred percent, I hear you there. Cause it's like, I was like, but it takes time to build that up. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah. like, it's not done in a day. Yeah, exactly. With the running, with the running for me, it was like, I hate running, but like at the end of it, I'm like, man, I, I loved it. As soon as I put those shoes on, I was like, I'm ready to roll. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm ready to just, and I'm running like down gravel roads and there's nothing but cattle and deer crossing the road. It's not, I'm not running through no towns or nothing. And I'm like, 
this is my this is like heaven dude like you're running through like you're not you don't you don't see anyone but a freaking tractor maybe that drives by you know and it's yeah, this is freaking awesome, dude. It's, and it's the struggle in things. It's it's what gives you like the not to be all hippy dippy, but it's like the struggle is like how you unveil the beauty of things. Yep. You know what I mean? For it's sure. like that. That's kind of the way it is for me with you know with jujitsu. Is like I like you know I like it because it's hard. I mean I like it for a lot of reasons, but I like you know one of the reasons is because it's really hard. And when I go and I tax myself and I'm like wiped out and I'm laying on the mat at the end. Cause I've gotten my ass beat by some purple belt for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm laying there and I'm like, that was everything I had today. You know what yep. I mean? Like there wasn't any, I didn't have anything left. You know what yep. I mean? Now I'm not saying I go to the, to the point of injury. Look, I'm 44 years old. So it's like, if I have, if something hurts, you know, I'm like, I gotta be smart. Lay low for yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm not trying to hurt, I'm not trying to hurt myself to where I can't do it anymore. But like, Whatever I have to give that day, I give it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What uh so since you finished that, like what have you retained from it? Like what have you kept from that experience that you still so, hold on to, you know, like that's just part of what you do now? So I know one so I haven't oh I don't know if I mentioned gallon of water. Everything. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. But um one thing that I noticed when I was doing it is I actually enjoy reading. Like, I didn't even think I liked reading because it was just, I was school and I'm like, I don't like any of this shit. I don't like reading any of this stuff. But like when you're actually reading things that you're, you're benefiting from and you're learning from, um, it's just like a whole new level, dude. Yeah. And then, um, so I actually enjoy reading. I never knew that. Um, also like, I don't know, like, um, as far as like, how far you can go with something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there really is no limit. To, I mean, I could just kept, I could have just kept going and going and going. And I don't know where I would have ended up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, but I should, I, I really, I'm just going to be honest. I tanked like hard after it. Did you? So yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I, I told, well, I went and picked up my dog with my sister and it was like two days after that we drove to Ohio and like, you know, you're in the car for, I don't know how many hours straight, 12 hours there and back. And like, well, where are we going to eat? Oh, we'll go to Culver's, you know? Right. And like, dude, I have like, keep in mind, I haven't eaten a thing, but meat and fruit, like, and I'm, I loved it. Like it, it was like, I was like pumped to eat it every single day. I never got old. I mean, yeah. And, and we stopped at Culver's and I'm just like, man, this is going to be amazing. Thinking to myself, like I haven't had Culver's in a long time. Right. And I, I pull, we pull into Culver's and it was like disgusting. Yeah. Like the, the, I think that's the biggest thing is the awareness that I've gained. Yeah what i was putting in my body and like the, the, all the things that it's kind of just like fog your brain mm-hmm. as far as what you're putting in your body and stuff is pretty crazy to me because i was like so sharp mm-hmm. like thinking wise like everything yeah i ate paleo or i'm sorry i ate a not a paleo paleo diet i ate a keto diet for probably three years straight and uh, a long time <laughs> yeah and, and i would have like you know 
moments of like, you know, it's like if we were at, you know, someone's birthday or something like that, it's like, I might have like a glass of bourbon, you know, whatever, but that might be the only thing that I had that wasn't, you know, keto in like that particular month, you know? Yeah. Um, and when I first started, probably like the first six months of it, I was super diligent about it. And then after that, it would be like, you know, once a week I would allow myself to have not like a full, like cheat meal or cheat day. It would be like a cheat thing. You know what I mean? And that would be it. It would be like, maybe today it's like, I'm going to have a piece of pizza like on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And that'd be the only thing for the week or whatever. Um, cause I was constantly trying to stay in like ketosis or whatever. Um, and, but you're right, man. Like the mental clarity of that stuff, whenever you, when that like when you kind of lock in on a diet like that, where you kind of get rid of all like the, the processed foods and stuff like that, it's unreal. Like I'd never experienced anything like that. It was almost like a out of body experience to a degree. It, dude, I hundred percent. And like, so I ate that Culver's and it was like disgusting mm-hmm. and I've never eaten Culver's where it was disgusting. I'm like, is this that bad? I'm like, my sister's like, I don't think it's that bad. I'm like, this is horrible. Like it doesn't even taste good. And then, we ended up eating Taco Bell. And then we right. ended up eating somewhere else. And then like it just like all of a sudden started tasting better. Right. And and then it's like every single day, like literally through bowl season, I've been eating quick trip, drinking I drink a shitload of cokes during bowl season. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a thing for drinking coke. I don't know what the deal is. But, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> dude, it's just like I go I just went off the deep end with it. And it's like I'm aware of of where I can be and where I need to be, and mm-hmm. I'm planning on being back to that point. But it's just like it's crazy to me. I think you know I'm I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist, I guess you could call me. But like just the amount of stuff that they put in our foods and shit, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, man. I no, think it's, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, some people might think that, but right, yeah, exactly. Well, man, I want to transition some some more hunting stuff here, man. So you have uh, the two films that you just uh, put out, you know, uh, not too long ago on the Behind the Bow YouTube channel. So everyone out there, if you've not checked any of those out, you should go to the YouTube channel and check check these out. But you mentioned you were on that 27 day day grinder and it, you know, I watched that year. Well, I watched Skylar's and, and then I watched yours cause I watched them in the series and it got me pretty pumped to, uh, to come back to Iowa just in general. It actually got me pretty stoked for, uh, for late season, but the area that you're, that you're hunting, I don't want GPS coordinates. I don't want specifics or whatever. I want to talk more just, you know, about what it's like. You know, and and why you chose that particular piece of public. So I guess like, let's talk a little bit about the piece of public that you, that you were on or the, if it was multiple that, that you hopped between and and why you liked those, what it was about those and what the terrain and habitat was like. Sure. Um, sorry. I'm just letting my dog out right now. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I went down there and scouted, I think it was a year or two before I drew the tag. So I, I just went down there for a couple weekends, mm-hmm. like every year before and, um, scouted some areas out, kind of picked out some areas that I thought were going to be sweet. Most of the areas that I'm hunting are all big Hills. So I'm mm-hmm. up in the Northeast corner mm-hmm. and, and it's all just big Hills and big river bottoms and, you know, steep mountainous terrain along the Mississippi River there. Right. 
And um, so we kind of, I, I did a lot of scouting years prior. And then um, Skyler actually wasn't even going to pull for an Iowa tag. And I was like, <laughs> we were, we were just shed hunting or whatever. I'm like, dude, you should just put in for it. I mean, I'm going to get a tag this year for sure. I mean, you should just put in and hopefully you draw. Right. And so he put in, I think he only had two points. And, um, I, um, so I ended up, um, pulling, he ended up pulling and then, um, we did, we went down there in the summertime. We did a bunch of scouting in the summer. Um, and just trying to, just trying to locate deer as far as like inventory goes. Right. And, um, just to see, you know, try to, our main goal was to just find some areas that had like dense populations of like bigger bucks. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't going after like a freaking booner. We were just wanted to shoot something that was nice. I was trying to hold out for like a 140, 150 incher, but, right. um, and but we ended up we both ended up shooting two decent bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Skyler shot a real nice one that was on Halloween, and then I ended up shooting one later on. I had some opportunities earlier on that I fudged up on a couple of them, and then I let a couple of them walk. They were pretty decent, but um, ended up shooting one on November seventeenth. <clears throat> yeah, whenever you're looking at some of these pieces, because I think you know. Uh people that maybe haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, haven't hunted Iowa before might think of it as just like a lot of farmland, which there is a lot, but like the one thing that's interesting about Iowa is that there's a lot of habitat that's diverse. Like you do have your farmland, but you also have like, you'll have hills or, or bluffs depending on what, you know, what area you're in. You'll have areas that are just kind of, you know, that could be, you know, timbered you know that are super thick you know i've hunted some areas in iowa that are that are like that you have river bottom country you know and i've hunted i didn't hunt river bottom when i was in iowa i actually hunted river bottom on the border of iowa when i was in missouri it was literally i was looking across the river at iowa and then and then there's areas that you get into like almost like kansas like crp type of areas you know what i mean so you have almost like a little bit of everything like when you're looking at a piece you know, what types of things were you looking for? I know you like to hunt hills and stuff like that, but were like, were you looking like, I want something that's got some CRP or, you know, was there anything specific that you were looking for in terms of habitat outside of just like the terrain of like, of being, you know, hill country? Well, honestly, I, I, I started out hunting. Um, I really, I just really love river system. Like mm-hmm. I, I really like wanting to kayak, like my, like the perfect setup in my mind is to find that spot where you can literally just kayak up to the tree, no ground scent, and you have this premium pinch right in front of you type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the, I mean, it takes a while to find spots like that to like narrow them down to like real fine tune them. Mm-hmm. But like, I like a lot of the river access stuff. So I was doing a lot of kayaking in the beginning, but I just wasn't getting on deer. I mean, I was getting on some deer, but nothing super crazy. And, um, then, but also, I mean, we're looking at like, I feel like the steeper, the terrain, I just really like that steep, nasty. I was going to ask you about that because I was noticing a lot of your setups and even Skylar's in the, in the videos from this year, like you guys were in, uh, 
at least what I could tell, and I might be wrong because I'm only seeing, you know, what's in the video. I don't know, you know, all the other days of the hunts, you know, all the different hunts, you know, that you guys had. But it seemed like you guys were often in like some kind of super steep draw. Yeah. Is that pretty, yeah, is I that mean, pretty we, typical we for hunt, you guys? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I just feel like I'm hunting a lot because it's, it's, for me, I think the access is, is pretty crucial. Just coming up a lot of those drainages and mm-hmm. just setting up. So you're not walking any edges or anything. You're literally, you walk up like freaking rock all the way up to the top and you you get up into a tree. You Maybe you cross a couple big cruising trails up top and set up. And yeah, because even if you cross them up there, it's like at that point, if they hit your grounds and at that point, you likely have a shot. Oh, for sure. They're toast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's typically pretty much, you're pretty much, if you're going in and, you know, you're looking and you're like, all right, I mean, Typically, we're hunting the top third, but mm-hmm. I mean, there were some times we were hunting low. Well, that was like Skyler's buck, right? Part, it was like a lot of the sign was low, and you had a bunch of trail camera pictures of that buck buck down there, which was kind of like the opposite of what you guys were thinking, right? Well, right, but I mean, a lot of the spots that we were hunting in Iowa, and this goes to the same as all the stuff that we hunted in Wisconsin, is most of the stuff we hunt is these hills are so freaking close together. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not there's not a big bottom. So it's like, you can't control the wind very well at all. Right. And it's like, it's, I mean, we were going to, that morning when Skyler shot his, we were actually, our plan was to hunt that top. Then we were going to move down to that bottom, like midday and hunt that scrape and then go back somewhere else and hunt in the afternoon. But I mean, that hunting those bottoms, when there's any sort of wind whatsoever, it's like, you're not you're almost getting lucky at that point because it's like i at least for me i mean there's there's i guess sometimes when i hunt bottoms and i have like a, a wide open and the wind's like coming across mm-hmm. and like the feet like open and going up the draw and then the thermals are going up the draw and i don't know if you can picture that but yeah so everything's going up that same route and if you have some like cruising action down below like a good funnel down there or something you can set up but I just never, I've never really had any good luck staying even, you know, somewhat low just because of the, the yeah. wind all yeah. over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like, if you're hunting, trying to hunt a bench or something like that, those are always tricky to hunt. It's like, you, you might be able to hunt it off of one wind, maybe, Right. you know what I mean? Right. And it's probably going to yep. be, it's probably going to be a stiff wind. It can't be like a one to three mile per hour variable. You know what I mean? Like yep. <laughs> you're going to yeah. be blown up at that point. It's like, no, you need like a stiff, like 15 mile per hour wind. You know what I mean? To know that, you know, by and large, you're going to have, you know, this wind direction, you know, regardless. For but sure. What, uh, so how was your October, man? I know, you know, I know Skylar killed there on Halloween, but how was your October kind of leading up to that? Cause I know you ended up filming for him before he, you know, as he killed his, but how does your October kind of play out just in general? Yeah. So, um, I got down there. So I, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I went down there, I think it was October 20th was my last day that I, that I was going to be working in Wisconsin. And I drove down there with the trailer and I was, my, my goal was just to find a place to go like park the trailer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went to a environmental office, uh, conservation office, and I was just, just asking around about stuff just kind of getting some information and I just, I was 
hey, I mean, does anyone know of any like local farmers that I could pay to just park this thing on their farm for a month? You know? Right, right. <laughs> and um, they're just like a month. <laughs> they're just kind of all like, I don't know, and and they're like, are you like filming and stuff? So I, I guess there's a lot of guys that hunt film in Iowa, you know, and right. I think they've come across this before and. I was like, yeah, well, what's the, what's the name of it? Or who's buying the bowl? Um, there was a lady in the office. She ended up calling her husband and her husband directed her to calling one of their neighbors or something. Um, and he was a farmer <laughs> and, uh, I got on the phone. He's like, let me talk to him. So I got on the phone with him in that conservation office and he was just asking me some questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. And, and he I, he was just really concerned. He didn't want any like negligent stuff happening, which yeah. is oh, it's understandable. Totally fun. like yeah. yeah, for sure. Like I mean, you don't want to be letting some vultures on your land or yeah. whatever. You know? Exactly. So I mean, he was just kind of really concerned about it. Pretty much the whole time we were there, he just kept a good eye on us and stuff. But he ended up. I mean, we ended up going down to his shack and drinking and just. Really good guy, but right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> he ended up like, yeah, you can park up by our corn bin and um, just come over to my farm and I'll show you where it is and stuff. And I, I pull in and <laughs> I, I literally pulled in the driveway. He's in the 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 dry or the garage door is going up. He's standing there looking at me. He's like, no shit. I just watched you on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy uh, shit. So it, was, it was kind of funny. And then I, we walked into his house and he has deer mounts all over his walls and stuff. And, and it was literally weirdest shit ever. Cause I walked in and I could hear my voice on his TV. Oh, that's hilarious. dude! I'm like, wow, that's super weird. But yeah. And then, I mean, he must've, he must've pulled up behind the bowl or whatever after, you know, I talked to him at the office or whatever, but it got the trailer set up. And, um, once we got that set up, then it was game time. And I, I pretty much was just doing a bunch of scouting and trying to find some spots to hunt. And, um, pretty much my whole earlier on was kind of a bust. I mean, I've, I, I had a, I don't know. I think the biggest one that I had an opportunity on was probably like 120 inches. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I was kind of hoping for something bigger, you know what I right, mean? Especially right. that early. And, um, I was kind of just not finding what I wanted to find. And then Skylar came down and he was having action right away, hunting a different chunk. And, um, he was like, dude, you should come on this because there's deer all over the place. Right. So we, we started, we started kind of tag teaming that spot and, I, I had like one of my best days ever. I think it was like October. Yeah, it was October thirtieth. Like saw like over fifty deer from the Jeez. tree. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. That's awesome. And and um, ended up passing a couple of decent bucks. And then I was I was I was thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way I can self film this shit anymore. Like it's just it's starting to get like ruddy. You know what I mean? Where right. their deer are moving, they're running, chasing. So I was like, we kind of both agreed. I was like, dude. I think I'm just going to film you tomorrow because I think this is, this is the day we start on Halloween. We're just going to back to back. I'm going to film you. You film me. I film you. You film me. And it was the first day of that. 
that it was Halloween that right away in the morning that that big buck came in crossing that drainage and Skyler ended up shooting it. Yeah, that was a hammer, dude. That was an awesome hunt. Yeah. And it was close yeah. too. It was like freaking three yards like from the tree yeah. he, he guys oh, ran. For sure. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty wild, dude. Yeah. I mean even even filming I'm not the one shooting it. I was I was pretty wound up. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It, that's another thing too is a mature buck, like a big buck like that, when you're bow hunting can turn like a grown man into a little child, like real fast. Dude, that's when you know it's the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's the <laughs> yeah, that's the dude. that's the good good right there. The uh, so like so Skyler kills that that buck. It's a hammer, right? And then yeah. you know you're basically now in November. You're headed in, into uh, um, November at this point, you're, you know, days, like you're oh, actually weeks at this point into, into this hunt. And, you know, those long ass days can be a chore, especially when you get into November and like you're, it's, it's all day sits. It's not, you know, well, a lot of times oh, yeah. all day sits, you know, you might get down and you might move and change a spot or whatever, but to what you said earlier, it's getting ruddy. Deer can come from anywhere. You really got to kind of have your have your stuff together and be paying attention because I mean, one could creep up on you and be 10 yards behind you and you never hear it, you know, like type, type sure. of thing, depending on wind and how dry it is and stuff like that. So how are you staying or trying to stay locked in, especially on those long ass hunts like that? Well, I mean, I guess it's, it helps when you actually, honestly, when you got another guy in the tree, to yeah, keep 100%. yourself sane. Like, you know, you're just sitting there and we had some, horrible weather like the first yeah. week in november like it was i don't know if you remember i don't know if it was different in your area in 2020 is a long time ago but mm-hmm. i mean it was like 70 degrees pretty much like every single day as a high mm-hmm. it would it'd still get down pretty low like you know in the mornings we would have our best opportunity like right away in the morning like they would be moving all over but you right. could just tell that they're running real hard at night and just laying down and so it was pretty rough. Like we, we, um, Skylar ended up telling me for know, up until I think it was like November, I don't know, 12th or 13th, maybe, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he stopped telling me, but that whole time frame, we had, I mean, I had, I had a couple opportunity. I had one opportunity. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was November. Second, first or second, that some of the stuff just didn't make it into the video to where I couldn't even because we just had really shitty footage and like it just mm-hmm. didn't work out. But like there was a there was a point in time where I had I think it was November first. We had a I had a real big buck that we had on camera. We called it the drop tiner buck, mm-hmm. and it had little drop tine, but it was freaking big frame, dude. Like nice, probably one fifties and. That thing, I still irked me too because I wanted to get down and I wanted to move a little lower, and just we just ended up not doing. It was one of those being complacent things, like ah, oh, we got all the stuff set up, let's just stay here. And turn off the thing, walking a little lower, and then going to come up this draw to the cornfield at night, and he just was just out, just out of range just like that 45 50 yards like in the thick stuff type of deal and i'm yep. just like damn dude that little, and, and that little move would have made all the difference 
hundred percent, you know, and it's just literally 30 yards down and you would have crushed them. And it's, you know, it was uh, that happened. And then there was a couple instances, like I got down, we got down at nine 30 to move the tree because we weren't having any action whatsoever, like anything past nine 30. It was literally like we would sit all day. We would not see a deer all day long. And we would only see them from like when it got light out till nine 30 and then like an hour before dark. And and it was, but you don't, you never know, you know, it's November. So you gotta be in tree and we're trying to hunt water and moving around, bouncing around, trying to figure something out. Just ended up, that was a struggle, but we ended up getting down once at like nine 30. And there was a buck in that video that I wasn't planning on shooting, but then, um, I ended up seeing him and I was like, yeah, I would have shot him. Right. And it's the horse face buck. And yep. he, he was at like 30 yards from me when I was on the ground. We just didn't have any footage. I was like, didn't put it in the video, but it was, he was literally standing there 30 yards. I had my stuff on the ground and I'm looking at him. I'm like, wow, <laughs> like there's too much stuff in the way. I can shoot him. And it always kind of works out that way, man. Like it's, it just, yeah. you know, man, but you, you had, you had been so even in the video, you had been drawn back a few different times and had good deer in range, where you know just like a shot, like you just kind of mentioned, never materialized. And I, and I know for me, you know, when something like that happens, I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding me! Like, is this is this ever going to freaking come together? Like, what do I got to do? You know what I mean? Where it's like I'm in the right yeah. spot and it just doesn't seem to be breaking my way. It's like. You know, what are you thinking when those opportunities present and just don't work out, especially when you have like multiple? Well, I mean, okay. Um, like as far as like those types of opportunities, not the miss, like the miss, I was kind of pretty mad about for a little bit and Mm -hmm. I got over it. But as far as like the close counters and stuff, like, it's just, it's just one of them things, man. I'm just like, it just almost feels like I'm used to it mm-hmm. to where it doesn't even like really affect me that much anymore. Like just like, yeah, <laughs> that was close, that's, you know, that's like, hunting. Yeah, that's how it is. That's like, what am I supposed to do about it? You know, I mean, I guess that's just how it's, how it's going to go. Um, well, I mean, you, you can't try let to learn. It, you can't let it rattle you because you don't know, especially in November, like you don't know when the next opportunity is going to pop up. For sure. You know, it's like if you let it kind of fester, it's like, man, you might screw up one and a half hour from now because you're still pissed off about the thing that happened 30 minutes ago. Oh, and we've done that yeah. on multiple occasions when we were younger, too. You know, yeah. all, all sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. All of a sudden you look behind you and there's another one right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> type of thing. But, like, I mean, it's just happened so many times like that I'm just like, whatever and here's another example of that that didn't happen in 2020 but this happened this year dude it was so i went back and i was hunting the mongo buck Mm -hmm. and there's another buck in the area that i call a chocolate monster and he's bigger than the mongo buck and i just name him just so i am like aware of like so you know which one's which talk to skylar and be like i saw this buck you know instead of that 10 pointer you know yeah and so I ended up figuring out that I, I thought I jumped the Mongo buck early opening day, but it was the chocolate monster. 
because I jumped him like, man, that thing had dark horns, but he looked just like the Mongo buck. Like I, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm hunt. So I still think it was the Mongo buck. I was just like, maybe I'm seeing things. But then I went back into that area after I shot my buck in Iowa. It was the first hunt after I tagged out in Iowa. And I went back in Minnesota, nice cold front. Never hunted this area before. It was right off a of cut cornfield edge. Or it was full. It was uh, not cut yet. And I was like, this is going to be freaking golden, dude. And I went up there and I'm sitting there and it's like good cold front. And um, there's deer moving past me those and stuff i saw a little buck i had another one bust me i couldn't tell what it was and then it's like i'm like okay i'm gonna get down at like 9 45 that's mm-hmm. what i'm thinking like i'm like i'm gonna because i i'm gonna go home let the dog out stuff like that and then come up with my game plan for the p.m sit and i wasn't thinking quite it was like that october 20 or 21 or 22 time frame mm-hmm. where i'm like not like that all day sit yet stuff, but I probably should have sat longer than nine thirty because I literally I started packing up all my stuff and it just brought lowered my bow to the ground and I flipped off the rope on my tree stand and or from my tree stand and I started like um taking off my camera arm mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I hear something and it's the chocolate monster and he comes and he's just cruising. He's like looking for does. Oh, it's like right. October 20. And he comes cruising right by me at like 25 yards. I have no bow. I'm like, wow, dude. And I, I'm just like, well, get my iPhone out. I'm filming it on my iPhone. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, and it, and it was like, I wasn't even mad. I was just yeah. like, it is what it is, dude. I, I'm a dumbass. I should have. Now I Keep my, that's the last thing that I lower is my bow. It's hard with all my other stuff that I have all the time, but that's like the last thing I do every single time. And then I get down as fast as possible because I'm just, you know, trying to learn from that mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's funny because like sometimes that happens, and it's just I don't know if it's as we get older, like we think about it differently. But it's you know, I know at least for me, you know, the only time I really get mad is if I if I just screwed something up, that was just like such a bonehead thing to do. Like I've, I've told this story in this on the, on the show before, but I had a, a good deer within bow range on the ground in, in Kansas and I screwed it up just like the setup that I had. I didn't trust my instinct. And I, when I went to draw, you know, broadhead caught a twig on a, on a locust sapling and it bounced off my, <laughs> and my arrow bounced off my, uh, off my rest and, and the deer heard it and snapped his head around, saw me and took off. He was, he was at like 18, 20 yards. He was like 140 inch eight point. And oh, uh, yeah. And it's like, I wanted to kill it from the ground. I was in a ghillie jacket tucked into like the CRP. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. awesome, yeah. you know? And that was one where I was mad about because I screwed that one up, but I've had things where it's like, man, I had a, a big one on the last day that I was there at like, we ended up at the same spot at the same time. And, he was all mad and there was another buck that was close to us and like the light hadn't cracked yet. So I couldn't see him. And he was right behind the tree. I was, that was tucking into, that was brush going to brush in under. And I snort wheezed him to like 25 yards, but I knew there was saplings there. So I couldn't take a shot. Cause I knew that there were saplings in, in front of him. I just couldn't see him yet. Right. And, uh, and so I had to just watch him walk away and he was like 150 plus mainframe 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, and, and, but that one I didn't get mad about because I was just like, 
that's bow hunting, man. Like, you know, and, that's- and I was like, I, w- I was grateful that I got to stand there and snort wheeze with him. He snort wheezes back at me. He's all pissed off. And I got to watch like one of the coolest things, you know what I mean? I'm, sure. like, I'm like, you can't be mad about that. You know what I mean? I was like, that oh, was just a cool experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that's exactly what, how I felt about that buck too, is the one that I lowered my bow on. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just can't believe that there's two of them in here. Right. Right. Like, holy shit, there's a, there's a dark horn one and a white horn one. Right. And I'm like, you know, I was just like mind boggled. I'm like, now it makes sense. The one that I jumped wasn't even the one I was after. It was the stock monster. And I'm just like, everything's coming to, you know, and I'm like, whatever. I guess I screw it up on him. <laughs> it's not like I, it's not like I like, you know, I rather have that type of stuff happen to where you're like lower, do like a, you know, lower your bow hat and all of a sudden the thing walks by you rather than like shooting guts or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? hundred percent, dude. Like I would much rather have that type of stuff happen. Than that. So yeah. I guess I'm, I don't really that mad when it comes to that stuff. Right. So you ended up killing a deer then on the 16th of November. I'm pretty sure it's the date it was. I was looking, I was watching the video. I yeah. Think it was 16th. 16th or 17th. Yeah. yeah. And so what was the setup on, on, on that final hunt where you filled that, where you filled that tag? Like, what was the access like? What was the setup like? Cause it almost looked like there was some CRP that was around there. Yeah. So now was a pretty crazy, that was a pretty crazy, um, deal because that buck is the same buck. The buck that I killed was the same buck that I missed in that video. Oh, and, dude, I didn't know that. And that, and that's that buck that I missed, I'm, he died in the exact spot I missed it. Oh, that's weird. Because yeah, I mean, he really fell. Weird. He fell in sight, which was awesome. Yeah, he was. He, he only went fifty yards or whatever. But he, I, sh- I moved locations, and after I, mean, I hunt, we hunted that top a couple because there was a real steep cliff on one side, and then there was cut corn on the top, and like CRP strip, like kind of in between. And so a lot of these deer, I think they're either a, they were cruising that edge of that crop, that cornfield to Mm -hmm. pick up a doe trail to go back to bed, or it was just a natural funnel through there. Cause they didn't, it was either you go down low through the river bottom or you're coming up top. There's, it's a real steep cliff there. Hmm. And, and, um, that was, it just, is this thing a natural, you know, funnel for them. Plus, you know, when you add up the the corn being up there, the CRP being up there, it all just makes it even better. Right. But, um, so we had, we had this giant freaking eight pointer in there that I wanted to shoot. And he was like, we had him on like daylight pictures and stuff. We just couldn't get a crack at him. Never saw him from the tree. And, um, so I was just like, I had, I like dreamt about that thing, like three different occasions, <laughs> like in that trailer, I'm like, oh, I need to kill that thing. And so I just kept going back to that area and I just, I was, I bounced around to a lot of different chunks, but I just finally ended up going to that spot. It was pretty much, I walked straight up to my tree and I'm trying not to do any zigzag and I'm trying to just go straight up. And, and when I can see my tree, I'm. I'm pretty much, you know, I'm really cautious. I'm being really cautious on where I'm walking, obviously, because right. they could be coming down below me too. 
but for the most part, I thought they were going to be cut kind of where I was at. I'm top there and mm. cut straight to my tree. Um, it was kind of calm that morning and just waited and eight o'clock and the thing that's, I saw him, I saw him and heard him coming from freaking like 150 yards away, like just a wow. straight zombie walk, you know, yeah. through the temper, the sun hitting his rack. And I'm, as soon as I saw him like that far away, I'm like, yep. Shooting yep <laughs> that's always yep. nice he, whenever there's no like when it's a no doubter where it's like you don't have to like keep looking like am i gonna kill him or am i not gonna kill him right and and i thought he was gonna come behind me because there was a trail that ran like right below the tree and then there was one that came out like perfect like 10 15 yards mm-hmm. and i first i had the camera over there and because there's a doe that went through there at first and then uh, when i heard him starting to like snap some stuff going towards the crp i'm like all right bring the camera around let it sit there draw my bow and he walked through and flung the arrow and toast now did you did you realize right away that that was the same deer that you missed or when did you when did you realize that no i didn't i didn't realize that until like i kind of just got back i think and just kind of like thought about everything right you know because i didn't like i didn't think about it like so i was as i was watching it and i saw that deer i was like i didn't it didn't dawn on me that was the same deer but i was kind of like man it looks like that deer he missed you know (laughs) i didn't think that it was like oh that's the same one i was just like dang that deer looks a lot like that other one like it's got you know similar genetics i guess (laughs) yeah i didn't even yeah yeah that's crazy man yeah it was it was pretty crazy when once i put it together i was like Yep, that's that trail camera picture. Yep, that's that buck. That's the same one I missed. Wow, and he died where I missed. Like crazy. Yeah, dude. When I was in when I was in Iowa, I missed the same deer two times, in two different spots. I ended up having Dang. I ended up having four encounters with that deer, like in no total. Shit. Missed him twice and saw him a total <laughs> of four times. Yeah, like just first one was just me shanking it. Like I rushed the shot, shot below him, didn't mm-hmm. didn't touch him. Um. And, uh, the second time I missed him, there was, and the funny thing was, it was the same yardage both times. It was 28 yards both times. And, uh, the the second time I, uh, there was a small twig that I just didn't see. Like there was a sapling and it clipped the sapling twig and like deflected my arrow just enough, just like knocked it in the dirt, like right in front of him. And that was, that was it. It sucked. He was, he was a good deer too. He's like a hundred and. Mm, he was 140 or better eight point like and then you ended up killing no i ended up killing a different deer and a different oh. like it but not far away from where i missed him the second time yeah and ended oh, up killing okay. a different deer but yeah it's crazy because a buddy of mine that lives lives out there that, that hunts the same piece that uh, that i hunt um he runs trail cameras around there and he sent me a picture last year he sent me a trail camera picture of this deer that's just like maybe 150 yards from where I killed my buck and like about 150 yards from where I missed that one. And, uh, and it's a, just a tank of a, of a 10 point, same exact frame. Like I almost, I would put money on it that it's the same deer, but two years older. Wouldn't that be something you pull a tag and freaking go down there and shoot the one you missed twice? Oh, I would love it. Cause now, <laughs> now he's like, I don't know. He's probably like mid once. Well, last year he, he hasn't sent me a picture of him this year. I don't know if he got a picture of him or not this year, but, uh, he was probably like a mid one sixties, 10 point, I would say at this point, but same exact frame. Cause he had brow tines that kind of like 
slanted back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like it was like he had like an obvious like brow time feature. You could tell like which one he was or who he was, you know, but that'd well, be crazy. Yeah. But, uh, well, damn man, la- the last thing, last but not least, how was, uh, how was trailer living for 27 days, man? <laughs> how's that? How's that? that tra- how's that trailer life? <laughs> that adds up a little bit after 27 <laughs> days. Dude. Um, I, we, we ended up getting a, uh, the night that Skylar shot is ended up driving to a, a shitty motel mm-hmm. and just taking showers. Cause like it was freaking on top of that hill. It was windy yeah. and it was cold. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, I'm talking like, I don't know what the deal. Like weatherman says 20 mile an hour. It was like 40 up there. It was <laughs> not, but you open that door. It's like, Whoa, yeah, you like, got to hold on to it. <laughs> and uh yeah so i mean we had this little pop-up shower we had sitting in this little butt we'd dig holes we had this little like portable shitter and mm-hmm. i mean you know whatever you go live, you go out there and living that good life nice and cold and yeah <laughs> yeah <That's laughs> you, awesome. know, you don't try didn't really shower. It was kind of a pain in the ass to set the little shower thing up, so we mm-hmm. didn't really shower as much as we probably should have. But right, yeah, that's yeah. what baby wipes are for. That's right. That's right. I gotta. I have to send you the video of my little travel trailer because I got a uh, a heated shower on the inside of it, like a portable heated shower. There you go, dude. That's what that's what we need. Yeah. So and I built it myself. I put it in like a little Pelican briefcase and everything. Like it's pretty. It's pretty slick setup. I have to send you the video wow. of that. Yeah, so for can, sure. So you can implement that into uh to your repertoire, but uh. Well, we don't we don't have that anymore. We actually ended up actually ended up selling it, and then well, Skyler bought it for his business because he's holding floors and stuff now. So right. he ended up using it for that. But so it was kind of sad to see it go. But at the same time, I think your setup would be a little bit better better just because, I mean, it's like pulling that giant trailer around some parking lots don't give you that much room yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so it's like and i've had three guys in mine like dang, uh, the dude. first year the first year i had it it was uh me my buddy chad and it was a, i was doing uh tethered was filming while uh following me around with the camera while we were in missouri and so my buddy zach was was filming the whole thing and I got a pretty slick setup where it's like I have a bunk in the back and then Chad likes to sleep like a vampire. So he has a hammock that's strung from one side to the other. He sleeps in the hammock and Chad usually he and I travel together every year somewhere. Like, so that's kind of why I built it. So we could at least two of us would have a place, you know, and then sure. and then Zach just kind of slept on a on a pad on the floor, you know, and, and we were, you know, it was it was tight quarters when we get up in the morning, like to to get dressed and to eat and stuff like that. But, you know. In the evening, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, in the evening you sit on the floor and you you know you lay you know I lay in my bunk bed and we shoot the shit or whatever it was you know we have we have plenty of room you know so For sure. but well brother I appreciate you coming on dude I'll be sensitive to your time let you get uh, get on with the rest of your evening but before I let you go let people know where they can find out more about behind the bow let them know where they can you know follow you and get you know behind the bow information just in general. Um yeah uh, behind the bow is underscore behind the ball underscore on Instagram mm-hmm. and we're on Facebook, YouTube, just type in behind the ball. You'll find us. And, uh, yeah, 
Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. Let's not uh, let's not let it be so long between uh, between catching up. Yeah, for sure, man. I I really appreciate you having me on. I'm not. I know you reached out and not like the biggest fan of podcasts and stuff. I'm kind of an introverted guy, but I had a good time with you. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Spartan Forge, Exodus, and Skull Brew Coffee Company. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.